Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. the sermon series that we're in currently, okay? It's simply titled, What Does the Bible Say About? And I'm looking to you to fill in the blank there. Now, several of you guys have sent me emails and text messages and other types of ways to get a hold of me. Everyone should have a sermon note uh, for today's message in your hand. All of my contact information is on the top of those sermon notes. So what I'm wanting from you is feedback. If you need sermon notes, hold your hand up if you did not get those, and our guys will get, get those. We've got some in the front here as well. Okay, So uh, keep your hand up. He'll be getting those to you. But what I want is some feedback from you, okay? Maybe you've thought for a long time, I wonder what the Bible has to say about this particular topic, okay? No topics are off limits. We're going to discuss anything and everything that the Bible has to say about. Now, once again, I'll just give you chapter and verse, and we'll stay right with Scripture. I'm not going to give you, this is not going to be um, an opinion-talking head show that you see on TV all the time, getting everyone's opinion on things. Simply what the Bible has to say about that particular subject or that particular topic. So I want you to contact me, send an email into the office, myself, all my contact information. Information is on that sermon sheet. Uh, so I want to hear back from you, okay? I've got several already. If I get too many, what I'll do is put like two or three together in one sermon and kind of hit those topics and then just keep moving. I plan on doing this for the entire summer. I'd love to have enough information and feedback from you that it gets us all the way through the month of July because we have different things along the way uh, that's going to stop us. For instance, every second Sunday is our family Sunday where Debbie and I are going to be sharing and speaking on different subjects. Uh, But I want to hear back from you, okay? So let me get some feedback from you. Send me something that you're curious to what the Bible may say about, whatever that is, and just let me know. Just send the topic to me. I'll research it and share with you what Scripture teaches about that particular subject, okay? So that's what we are going to be um, talking about. Now, today obviously is Mother's Day, and I think it's uh, certainly appropriate that it falls on the Hold on here. We're not in alignment now. I think it's appropriate that that uh, that our family Sunday falls on on Mother's Day. So uh, we've kind of been batting some things around and talking about what we would uh, want to share with you. And so we just want to kind of speak really into the hearts of and the lives of mothers and uh, and talk with you a little bit about that. Okay. So before we get started, let me um, let's just I want to read. To you out of Proverbs 31. If you have your Bibles, you may want to open them up there. Proverbs 31. I don't believe I have any scripture back there, Charlie. I apologize for that. But Proverbs 31. I want you to listen to what the Bible says. Now, I'm going to be reading to you out of Eugene Peterson's uh, translation, paraphrased version uh, of scripture called the Message Bible. But I want you to listen to what it says. A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. 
She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn and preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. She looks over a field and buys it. Then, with money, she puts, a, she puts aside, she plants a garden. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work and rolls up her sleeves and eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth and, and diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assess anyone in need and reaches out to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. The winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and silks. Her husband is greatly respected, and he deliberates with the city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them and brings the sweats she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well made and elegant, and she all... She always faces tomorrow with a smile. And when she see or when she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say. And she always says it kindly. And she keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you have outclassed them all. Charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. But the woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. I love that passage of Scripture. And I can say that's that woman right there. And I hope you can say that's that woman sitting next to you. But what an amazing passage of Scripture. Proverbs 31, where it simply talks about having a good wife and an amazing woman. I read a story um, sometime back about a school teacher. And she's teaching like first or second grade, and she's teaching on the subject of, of magnets. And so she's teaching to her kids, and she said, okay, kids, after she's been teaching this whole time, she said, give me a six-letter word, something that always picks things up, starts with the letter M, what is it? Expecting, they would say, magnet. They all shouted out, mothers, right? Well, mothers are always very busy, right? Even stay-at-home moms. I've, I've come to very much appreciate the role of my wife over the years as a mother, as well as many others. You see, because when we had kids, my wife, and I'm not saying every mother has to do this, but I'm just saying my wife gave up her career, stayed at home, and worked at home and raised our family, then went back into into the workforce. And I've always respected her for that. And I'm not saying every mother has to do that. Please don't misunderstand me, right? You do what you feel is best for you and your family. But I've always respected her for that and have tremendous respect for her as the mother of our kids. So today we want to share with you a few things. Actually, uh, we, uh, you see your sermon notes are kind of vague today, right? Uh, we just put the word mother and we started brainstorming together as an acronym, what are the, some of the things that we can, whoops, I didn't want you to see that yet. What are some of the things that we can align with the word mother? And so we're going to unpack some of those for you today, and I hope you find it of value. I hope you find it beneficial. I hope you find it inspiring and encouraging uh, for all the mothers that are here today as we start working our way through some of these, okay? So the very first letter in mother, obviously, is the, the letter M. Okay, for the letter M, we put down motivating. I mean, one of the primary roles of a mother is to be the cheerleader in the home, right? The one that is motivating and encouraging her children, her husband, 
and really sets the, the temperature of the home. I mean, the mother is very much a thermostat in the home. Would you agree? Because if mama ain't happy, nobody happy, right? And it can get cold really fast, right? So it's amazing the influence and the power that a mother has in the home. And one of those is motivating. Let me give you a couple passages of Scripture. You may want to jot these down. I apologize I didn't get them in the notes for you. But Matthew 19, verse 26. Scripture says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. These are some of the words that I've heard fall from the lips of Debbie as she has raised our kids and nurtured our family and been the mother in our home. There's another passage of Scripture that says in Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So one of the key roles of a mother, I believe, is that role of being a motivator, that role of being an encourager, that role of being a cheerleader, that role of telling her family, listen, you can do all things. With, with, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can be and do anything you want to be and do. As a pastor, sometimes often as I'm out and about, I listen to how mothers are speaking to their children. And one of the things that rips my heart out is when I hear a mom say, you never amount to anything. Or why aren't you like so-and-so? Or why can't you make straight A's? If they made a B, they're like, why can't you make straight A's in this subject? They're never really encouraging and motivating that child or that household. So I think one of the key components of being a mother is simply to be a motivator, to encourage. And I can remember growing up, my mom always would always tell me this. When I would be going to do something and I'd be doubting myself, she said, can't, can never do nothing till it tried. She said, try, you can do it. She always was my best cheerleader, always telling me, you can do it. Can't, can never do anything till she tried you got to try, and you got to be a good motivator. But sometimes as moms, sometimes we need motivation. You guys ever been there? Sometimes we get tired and overwhelmed with everything that's going on in our lives. Sometimes we need motivation. We have a lack of motivation. We get tired. It's exhausting to be parents. How many of you guys agree with that? Yes. Sometimes we get tired. But you know what? Give yourself some grace. You know, when you're having a bad day, we all get overwhelmed. Me, I included. I get overwhelmed too sometimes, and I just like, oh, my goodness, I'm tired. These kids are not listening. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Just sit back. Give yourself some grace. Realize that tomorrow is a new day, okay? Just when you're having a bad day and it's just going terrible, sit just finish the day off. Just say, okay, put the books away, whatever you're doing. Let's just sit back. Phone a friend. Call a friend and talk to her. Go for a walk. Sit down and read. Do something to change up what you're doing. And then you can get re-motivated for the next day because next day is going to be a better day. Okay? So that's how we can recharge our motivation if you're having a lack of motivation. And that is totally normal. Sometimes we just get tired. And it's okay for us moms to get tired and have lack of motivation. Okay? Just chalk it up. Start your new day the next day. And it's going to be better. Okay? All right, one also I want to add to that. Whenever you are being the encourager, whenever you're giving, 
You realize that every time you give a piece of yourself to someone as being the motivator or the encourager, you're giving a piece of your heart, you're giving out of what you have in yourself. So I think it's important, and this is not only for mothers, this is for everyone, I think it's important that you have those times in your life where you're filling yourself up. You've got to have some me time, right? Even guys have to have this as well. But especially mothers, since we're on that subject, you've got to have that time in the day. And I think it's every day that you've got, and you may say, well, I don't have time for that. Listen, it's, it's important that you create time for that. It is imperative that you create time for that. Stay up later or get up earlier or do something, but you've got to have time alone. You've got to have time to where you are recharging yourself, to you're refilling yourself, and you, I think you need to be in the Scripture. You need to be in, in devotion time with the Lord. You need to be refilling yourself so that you kind of know the direction and are aware of how you can encourage those around you. So I think it's oftentimes that I know myself, whenever I find myself getting discouraged or down or in that dark place or, or just not thinking the way that I know I should be thinking, I usually can trace it back, and it's that I'm starting to run on empty, right? Now, um, for those that know Dave Horniak, knows that whenever his gas tank little arm there gets to halfway, he's got to fill it up. See, I'm just the opposite. I'll run it all the way down till the gas light comes on and my alarm is flashing in the car. And it says like 43 miles to go till empty. And I'm like, you think that's true? How many miles is it from here to my house? Well, from here to my house, it's 10, okay? So I'm thinking, if I don't kick it, if I just kind of go easy from here and back, I can get there and back, that's 20. I should be able then, I always buy gas at my hometown gas station. I know you can buy it cheaper elsewhere, but I try to support my hometown. So I always buy gas, my gas, unless I have to buy it out somewhere, at Casey's right outside, right down the street from where we live. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, I've got 43 miles left, and I can think it's like 20 miles back and forth. I can make one more trip back. That's 30. That should be good. And then all of a sudden, I'm kind of real proud when I look, and it's below the line for E, right? I'm like, yes, I got every penny out of that tank of gas. Now it's time to go fill it up. But that can get us in trouble, right? I have to motivate him to get gas. (laughs) That can get us in trouble. I mean, we can find ourselves broken down on the side of the road. Matter of fact, get this. This is the most amazing thing. We were going somewhere, and I forget where we were going, but I was doing that. happens often. Where where was that? I don't know, but it happens often. Here's here's the most crazy thing. We were going somewhere, but I was on that mission of trying to see how far I could run this thing before it ran out of gas. And so I'm down. I pull in the driveway. Oh, I'm good. I go to the house. Get up the next day, and we're getting ready to go somewhere together, and I go out to start the car, the, the Tahoe. Anyway, never would start. I'm like, what in the world is wrong with this thing? Guess what happened? Surely it's not out of gas. It ran out of gas in the driveway. In the driveway. I thought, you can't always trust that reading. I must have kicked it a time or two listening to the K&N cold air intake. You know, I like to listen to that thing talk. Zach, you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, you get less gas mileage for that. But anyway, my point is, when we run out, it can lead us into a dark place or discouraging place. So my whole point is, every single day in ourselves, we need to be filling ourselves up so that we can motivate. And recharge. And I know essential oils is really big right now. Put peppermint in your diffuser and sit back when you're having a bad day. It's going to happen. If you've not had a bad day, it's going to happen. Kids are hard. Raising kids, are, it's hard. It's hard job. So put... 
something in that diffuser, sit back, kick your feet up, and recharge so you're motivated for the next day, okay? Because the sun will come up tomorrow, okay? Amen. And if that doesn't work, get that stuff and put it behind your ears and across your forehead and down your nose and around your back and all. You know, this goes on and on forever. Okay, so motivate. The, <laughs> the letter O for mother, I think this is important, is for others. Okay? And moms, I just want to speak into your life here for just a moment. Listen to what Scripture says in Matthew seven twelve. It says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophet. This is the, what's called the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you finish it for me. You would have them do unto you. It's the golden rule. It's from Scripture. It's what Jesus was teaching, that we treat other people the way that we would want to be treated. Then in Philippians 2 and verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourself. Wow, let that sink in. Consider others more important than yourselves. And everyone should look, look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. I think this is a very good principle and perspective that we all should have. I'll let Debbie kind of speak into the hearts and lives of moms here. But every single one of us have got to remember this statement. I want you to write this down. It's profound whenever I first heard it many years ago. It's so simple and ridiculous, but yet it's so profound. Life is not about me. It's not. Once we get a hold of that, it's then that we really start living. Because life really is about others. It's about treating others the way that you would want to be treated. It's about esteeming others of greater value than yourself or more important than yourself. So life is not about us. I'll let you unpack that. It is so important for, in, in general, for us when we are in a crowd, for us to look at each other's faces. You know, behind every face, everybody's carrying something. Okay, so we cannot think about ourselves all the time. I have always taught my kids, listen, pay attention to people around you. Look and look at their faces. You can tell that if they're having a good day or if they're not. You need to concentrate on other people, not just yourself. And, you know, I want to brag on my kids for just a second, and I hope you guys don't get tired of this, but I'm a proud mom, and today's Mom's Day, so I can, okay? All right, but, you know, I can remember three instances just recently that my kids have have taken what I've taught them. Sometimes you think they don't hear a thing you say. It's going one in one ear and out the other. But they do catch it. You know, I remember, I'll go back to that story and say, but I remember my mom when I was growing up. She, I hope she's will watch this later. But she used to cut out Dear Abby things and tape them to my mirror. How many remember time. Dear Abby? And I, it was kind of back the old traditional way of getting a paper and going through yeah. the column and read it was a column. She right? would always lecture me. And I was a teenager and I didn't want to hear it. So I would just... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she would always just tape it to the mirror. I, I read every single one of them, but I didn't let her know it. Okay? I waited till I was married. I said, Mom, those stupid Dear Abby things you taped to the mirror, I read every one of them. So I, I don't hope that, I don't lost track of mine. Track of, what was I saying? He's proud of the kids for how they're oh, thinking yeah. of others. But anyway, so keep talking to them. They, they will listen. They will hear it. So I'm going back to I'm your motivator. first. Yeah, I'm there now. Thank you. I got, I got on a rabbit trail. So anyway, so I remember when Krista was in Afghanistan, she called home and she said, Mom, 
there's a girl that's not getting any packages. And I don't even, I don't even remember her name, but she said, can you, can you take care of that? I thought, oh, yeah. So me and another girl that I work with, we hustled up and we, we sent packages the rest of the time to this little girl over there that Kristen noticed wasn't getting anything from home. Cool. It broke my heart. So I didn't want her not to be over there having packages when mine was getting packages from all you guys and stuff. And so I, I, was, I just appreciate Kristen putting others first. And then I tell something on Tyler. <laughs> yeah. He works at Menards. So one day, during the cold weather, we get this phone call from Tyler. He said, Mom, is Dad there? I said, yeah. And we, we, we were remodeling our house during this time. And we were, I mean, pushed for time. We were working our tails off in this house. This said, was New Year's Day. It was cold that day. Okay? So he calls. He says, Mom, there's this little lady in here that her, fro- her pipes are frozen. She's 80-something. And he said, so I'm helping her get all of her stuff together. And she don't, I asked her if she lived there and who was going to fix her frozen pipes. She goes, I guess I will. And he said, she's old. She can't do it. Can you get Daddy to go over there and fix her frozen pipes? So we're like, okay. So where are we going? He said, well, I don't know, in O'Fallon. So he got her number and she, t- she called us and she told us her address. So here John and I go over to O'Fallon to a place we've never been. He's up under the floor trying to feel. I was kind of panicking because we were where I didn't know anybody. And so anyway, we got her pipes frozen, but Tyler was concerned about others. Also, and then somebody, I think it was somebody that came in that didn't have money a lot of times, and he bought their stuff. And he was, it's just, I just feel like when you teach your kids to, to pay attention to others, to put others first, to speak up for that bully. Don't be a bully. You step in there and step up for that bully that's being picked on at school. Don't take part of that. And that's our place as mothers to teach, and parents and dads too, but mothers are do a lot of teaching. It's your place to teach your kids to look on, to, to be a, um, a role model and not to be one of those kids that are picking on the other kids, but to step in there and treat them like you would want to be treated. And that's our place to do that as moms, Okay. Yeah, I think there's always those people in our life. It doesn't matter what age we are, whether we're, you know, coming through school and college, whether we're out on the job, even today at 50-some years old. You can always look around and find that person that's being left out. Okay, yeah. find that person that's not really connecting with anybody. I think that's our role to reach out to them. And I think that's one of the principles that we need to teach in our families, in our homes, is always be aware of those people around you. Because life is not just about me. You may fit in. You may be in the in crowd. You may be in the clique, so to speak. But there's somebody out that's feeling left out. And I think it's important that we reach out to them and draw those people in, right? So... Think about other people. There's another acronym that goes with that that I want you to get. Jot this down. It's the word joy. If you want to have joy in your life, there's three things you've got to do. For the letter J, it's Jesus. For the letter O, it's others. For the letter Y, it's yourself. If you want to have real joy in your life, you've got to put Christ first, and then you've got to put other people second, and then you've got to put yourself third, okay? So if you keep things in that order, you're going to have tremendous joy and happiness in life whenever you keep this principle that's found in Scripture in place in your life where you are concentrating on, on others, right? Okay? All right, the letter T. I want you to get this one, if you will. The letter T simply is teach. It's also talk. 
I mean, it, there's, I think both of those go together. But I think as a mother, as parents, as individuals, I think it's important that we're teaching. It's one of the driving scripture verses in our church and our ministry here is Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. It says this, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then he gives us the great command in verse 5. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Verse 7 says, we are to repeat them to our children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So the whole point of this passage of Scripture is that we are teaching our children. As parents, we're teaching our children. We're passing our faith down to them. We're looking for those opportunities to have a teaching moment. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have open up the Bible and say, sit down here. I'm going to beat you over the head now with a Bible verse or two. That's really not what it is. Okay. The scripture tells us in this passage that we are to have the word of God hidden in our heart. It's to be in our heart. So the principles of scripture are in our heart. They're in our life. Therefore, when we see our children doing something that may be a good teaching moment, you don't even have to give chapter and verse. You don't even have to let them know you're even quoting Scripture. Give them the principle from Scripture. Look for those teaching moments to pass your faith, your principles, your values down to your children. Okay? Look for those talking opportunities. We're always teaching it don't, you know, more is caught than taught. You know, we, I know, remember when Megan called me the other Christmas, she said, guess what we're listening to? It was Kenny G. You guys ever listen to Kenny G saxophone playing? Saxophone player guy? It is so pretty. And at Christmas, when the kids were great, right, we were raising them, Tyler always hated to decorate the Christmas tree. He'd always find some little things and sit and play but I always had Kenny G playing and we made it fun we'd always decorate the Christmas and stuff we never said anything about listening to Kenny G but he caught that you know you don't you're maybe not aware and so that's what Megan had to listen to decorating her Christmas tree because it was special to him and we didn't even try to teach that your kids are watching you you don't have to say a word but they're watching you and they're catching everything you're teaching them by your actions you know, a lot of times, you know, we teach anticipation, okay? And you, just wait till your dad comes home. <laughs> We're teaching anticipation. But you know what? We set the tone for that home. You know, I never wanted my kids to be worried when dad came home. I wanted them to be excited. You know, when Tyler was a toddler and he would be standing that step, top step, waiting on John to come home, and he's just, oh, he's just doing this. He was just so excited for John to come up those steps. Guess what? I taught that because I would say, Tyler, Dad's coming home. Dad's here. You hear that truck? Oh, here he comes. Here, go, go, go. You know, I'm teaching that. Our kids are learning from us the whole time. What do you think would have happened if I said, oh, my goodness, he's home? Do you think Tyler would have been standing at that top of that step going, oh, Dad's home, yay? No, we teach that. You know what? We teach prayer, too. You better pray this comes out of this carpet. How many of you ever said that? 
You better pray. It works. I didn't realize you were so spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we teach our kids everything. You know, so they pick up on everything. When we're not even meaning to be teaching them, they are learning from our bad behavior. If we're in a bad mood, it's rubbing off on our kids. If we're being sarcastic to our husband instead of honoring him and respecting him and being excited when he comes home, our kids are learning that. Okay? And guess what they're going to do? They're going to pass it down to their kids. You're just passing all of this bad stuff down. We want to be encouragers, and we want to teach, uh, we want to teach stuff that is going to be, make our homes lively and homes full of love. Okay? So that's what teaching is all about. We're teaching when we don't even realize we're teaching. That's good stuff. Also, beside the, the word teach, write the word talk, T-A-L-K, talk. I think it's important that we engage in conversation with our kids. Now, as they get older, you know, the conversation may be a little more challenging to dig into and to have. But we have to be creative as parents. I've heard parents say, well, my kid's a teenager now. They don't talk. Yes, they do. You're not engaging in conversation with them correctly. To me, I put that back on the parent. If you have a kid, a teenager that's shut down and not talking, I think it's the responsibility of the parent to engage in that conversation. Now, the problem is you don't try to start talking to them when they're teenagers. You should be engaged in their life and having discussions and talking with them from a toddler all the way up and then look for more creative ways to have those discussions and then look for the personality of that child to come out because it's going to change the way that you engage in a conversation with them so that they can talk. For instance, my son. Yes. Nope. Good. Right. Tyler, how was your day? Good. Need anything? Mm -mm. No. You want this? Yeah. That's kind of it, right? Right? So Debbie and I got to a place. Why can't we get anything out of this kid, right? So the problem was not him. It's that we were asking the wrong questions. We were asking, how was your day? Good. Instead of, tell me about your day. Or, what was exciting in your day today? Or what was the most challenging thing you had in your day today? I mean, asking these open-ended questions, that's going to require at least maybe a four-word four sentence or five-word, a little bit more than yes, no, good, right? So we have to get creative in the way that we talk with our kids. He's changed now, though. He calls us now, and he's just rattling now. So he's grown up a little bit. So, But anyway, so... Talking, sometimes when, you're, when your kids get to be teenagers, they don't, sometimes they don't want to talk. They want to build that moat around their heart where you can't get in there. You know, before you can talk to your kids and get, in, get through that moat, you've got, to, you've got to establish a relationship with them. You just have to keep working at it. You have to keep talking. Don't let them build a block around their heart that they, they don't want to talk. Just keep talking, keep spending time with them, keep building that relationship, and then they'll get past that hard teenage year that they really don't want to be hanging out with mom and dad. We, we just, you know, we never did really have a time where they wouldn't let us hug or kiss them because they knew they just were going to get it anyway. So, so we just hugged and kissed them. We still hug them. Every time I see them, I still hug them. So talk to them. Don't let them just shut down from you. Just keep pushing in there. Keep pushing in there. And you'll break through that moat that's around their heart. That's good stuff. The letter H. The letter H said, and she just said it, hugs or physical touch. 
I think that's important that you have in the home, that you show, not just say that you love each other, but you show that affection with physical touch. Now, there's been a tremendous amount of study and research that's been unpacked about the physical touch and hugs and how it reduces stress and it helps, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, repute or dissolve anger or um, loneliness. I mean, it's just so much that hugs and physical touch do. Scripture says this in First John 4, in 7, or 1 John 4 and 7, it says, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. And it goes on and unpacks what love is. I think the love that we show our families has to be a little bit more than just, I love you. You know, it's like, um, it's like the, uh, the older man and woman, and they're older now, and they've had many, many years of their anniversary that's gone by, and they go to a wedding, and they see this young couple, and they're so in love, and they're telling each other they love each other and what have you. And the older woman looks to her husband, and she said, she said, why don't you tell me you love me anymore? He said, I told you 50 years ago that I love you. If it ever changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, it takes a little more than that, guys, right? So we've got to not only, does that work, Eldon? That doesn't work, does it? I think you guys are the longest married couple in the church. How many years you guys been married? 50? Yeah, we just celebrated your 50, 51's coming up, right? So, and Dan and Catherine, I guess you guys are the second oldest married couple. How long, how long, how many years you guys been married? I'm sorry? Almost 47. So just saying I love you 47 years ago or 51 years ago, that's not enough. Is, is it Barbara? No, it's, it's a Catherine. No, that's, that's not going to work, right? So we have to be continually showing our affection and showing our love, not only just verbally, but also with our touch and with giving hugs one to another. Now, go ahead. Yeah, and I read, a therapist uh, said this. He said, we need four hugs a day to survive. We need eight hugs a day for maintenance. And we need 12 hugs a day for growth. Okay, a hug, it releases this oxytocin in your in your body. It's a feel good hormone. Okay, so when somebody hugs you, it makes you feel good. Okay, but so you guys need to be intentional and start when they're little of hugging your kids every day, every time you every time you see them. You know, it reminds me of Lillian Duncan. You can you can hug these puppies and. You can walk outside, go to the mailbox, and come back in, and they act like they hadn't seen you in six months. They want another hug. So you should treat your kids just like that, okay? Hug your kids as much as you can. I mean, you, it, just, it just helps them to grow and to thrive and to feel confident. It just helps them to, to mature, you know, at a, at a good rate for their growth. Yeah, we still hug. We still hug our kids. We still kiss our kids. We still tell them we love them. And if you've noticed... Our family is a hugging family, right? When we started Victory Church, there was just our family and a few other folks. So our church has grown and picked up some of the character, characteristics of us of being a hugging church, right? So we are a hugging church. Folks tell me that often. I've never felt so loved or so welcomed. Man, everybody's just so friendly and, and they give us hugs and I don't even know those people. Well, that's just because we are trying to show you that we do care, right? How many have had a Donetta hug? If you had a Donetta hug, woohoo! Donetta gives good hugs. Okay, learn from Donetta. Give them great big old hugs, and it'll just release some oxytocin in your. Or mind. Olaf. 
Olaf says, I like warm hugs, right? So let's practice. Why don't you reach over to whoever's sitting beside you right now and just give them a hug, okay? Give them if a hug. it's crazy awkward and you don't know who that person is, it's okay, right? Yes, right? Will, Will, you gotta get Will, you gotta give Phil a hug, right? Yeah. Okay. Will is, we push Will so far, so far outside his box, right? Listen, it's okay, right? And I think it's important that we have that in the home, have that physical touch. It might stress you out a little bit to hug people, but people love it. You know, just push them out of that comfort zone. Give them a hug anyway. You know, Will, has he's even hugged him. We was playing a game the other day at our house, Quelf. Have you ever played that fun game? You need to it's get a that. crazy game if you know. It it's is crazy. fun. It is fun. Well, Will was sitting there, and it said he drew the card. It said, "Hug the." I mean, slow dance with the person to your left. Well, guess who that was? It was Tyler. <laughs> he said, "No, I'm going back." No, it wasn't. He read the card. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm going back four places. <laughs> Yeah. So spread those hugs. They're good. All right. Something else that's good as well, and that's being entertaining. And beside that, put the word laughter. I think laughter in the home is extremely important, right? It's important in our lives. Listen, guys, don't take yourself so seriously. Learn to laugh at yourself. Learn to laugh with your kids. Your kids are going to do some ridiculous, off-the-wall crazy things that at the moment may make your blood pressure absolutely explode out the top of your head, but at the end of the day, process that and then turn around and be able to laugh about it. I mean, we've had those moments in our life, and I'm not even going to unpack those for you, what those look like in our family, but I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe, and then we deal with that situation, and then we go back and we look at it and we just laugh about it today. I'll tell you a funny one. Kids, listen, I've been doing this for 25 plus years. I know where the line is. She's just, she's new on the stage, man. There's no filter with her. We are who we are. That's right. We were, we were having family. We always have family dinner around our table. Okay. I mean, I, you got to do it as, as when you're raising your kids, you got to have that meal around that table so you can talk and you can enjoy these fun things. Well, one time we were sitting around the table and we were talking about surviving if. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you went there. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Do, no. <laughs> do we need to pause the Facebook Live? <laughs> yeah. And we, we were trying to raise garden and all Hey, guys, just let it, we, we love you. Do you love us? <laughs> we need to feel your hug right now, okay? And we were talking, and, and Megan was doing all this stuff, and he was doing all this stuff. We was trying to, what we'd do if the apocalypse come. So, Chris said, well, I'll plant a garden and get all these tomatoes and all this stuff and bleep. And we all went, we never said a word. And then John was like, what did you just say? It wasn't a, it's a word that's mentioned in Scripture, right? <laughs> but... The context in which it was used really wasn't very biblical. And I, what? Well, I cracked up laughing. She, wait a minute. First of all, 
There was a cold, pregnant pause <laughs> of silence for about 10 seconds around the table. And then I couldn't hold it any longer because everybody was going. <laughs> and, and, and she about wanted to go on the table. It was the funniest thing after. We, we just died laughing. I'm, so I'm just saying, laughter is good for you. And, you, and sometimes you're just going to, you kids are going to mess up. I'm just going <laughs> to laugh at it. Okay? Let, let me bring this back to Scripture. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil Pantovich, you're responsible for, to a large degree for what takes place on this platform on this family Sunday. He's the first one that came to me and said, it would be fantastic if you got your wife up there with you on this family, family Sunday. Sorry. Proverbs 17:22. Is anybody even paying attention anymore? Pro- Proverbs 17:22 says this, a joyful heart is good medicine. Matter of fact, this is the scripture that's on our Clingman's Dome playground signs out here because laughter is very very healthy. A cheerful it also says in the message paraphrase of Proverbs 17:22 says a cheerful disp- disposition is good for your health. So we need to learn how to laugh, right? So if there's not very much laughter in your home, read some jokes. Clean ones, but read some jokes. Find out how to bring some laughter into your home because I think it's very important. So we use the word entertaining slash laughter there. Another thing is play with your kids. You know, your kids are not going to say, oh, I've had a hard day at work. They're going to come, they're going to, come to you and they're going to say, Mama, will you play with me? Daddy, will you play with me? You know, and sometimes we don't want to sit down and play high ho cherio. Sometimes it, you don't want to play that board game, I'm sorry. But that's how your kids connect with you. It's when they're little, they don't know how to tell you, hey, it wasn't fun at daycare today. I got made fun of. I got bullied today at school. Sometimes that's hard to say. But sometimes they will come to you and say, will you play with me? That's their way of telling you they want to get connected with you. They want to have a relationship with you. Start playing those games with those kids early at an early age. I know the other night the kids came over. We didn't plan this at all. It just it just happened. Megan was at work, but Tyler was by himself. And I think Kristen said, "Come on over, we eat dinner or something." I went outside. We and Will was there, and I looked out there, and they were playing wiffle ball. And I mean, and they, it was just funny. So I sat down and I recorded them playing. They didn't even know I was recording it. I was listening to them laugh. And Tyler, of course, he's just like his dad. He always has to win. So he's constantly changing the rules <laughs> as the game is going on. And so I'm laughing at it's these you guys. It's you guys' fault for not establishing those before the game starts. Yeah, yeah. I was laughing, but then yesterday, John and I sat, we were sitting there in the car, and I said, listen to these guys. We played the video game, and the video, back over, let him listen to these, these three out there just playing in the backyard, just laughing, laughing together. And they're 20, almost 30. Oh, mercy. <laughs> they're laughing. It starts when they're little, when they're wanting to play hi-ho cherio. Okay? So play with your kids. That's their way of connecting with you. Okay? And you know what? Put your phones down. Those tasty recipes that you're following on Facebook will be there in three years. Your kids will be gone. Okay? In a blink. So sit those phones down. Play hi-ho cherio at that age. Get out in the backyard and play volleyball at this age. Okay? Do something with your kids. 
All right, let's wrap it up with the last one. The last one is relationships. And I don't know what's on my screen there. What is it? Oh, Olaf. He still needs a hug, right? Yeah. So relationships. And the very most important relationship, moms, dads, all of us, that we can have is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where everything begins. Everything that we're talking about is based off the foundation and the premise that you know Christ as your personal Savior. That's the most important thing that you can take out of this message today is that you know the Lord, okay? So it starts there. But then it goes into our family. And we have to be intentional about developing these relationships within the home. Husband-wife relationship, parent-to-children relationship, sibling relationships. You know, we have to teach our son and our daughter how to be brothers and sisters. You know, there's teaching moments that come up in their lives that, hey, you know, you're her brother. You need to um, to reach out to uh, your, did I say that right? You are her brother. You need to reach out. Yeah. Or, or vice versa. Right. So we need to te- have those teaching moments when we teach how to have and cultivate these healthy relationships in the home. So that's kind of what I want to say on that one. Well, I just want to say on relationships, nothing, nothing should have priority in your life. It should be God, it should be your husband, and it should be your kids, okay? Don't put anything else before those kids. That should be your top priority when you get those other two lined up. Um, um, you'll be, it's a short period of time. You'll, be, you'll blink and they'll be gone. So in building that relationship, you know, it's, it's a short, you only have them for a short amount of time. Okay, so and and I want to I just want to say that today we have today is full of emotions for a lot of people in here. And I know that, you know, some uh, their parents, some have lost parents and their mothers. Some recently have lost their mothers. Some are pregnant. Some are new moms, new babies. Some are dog moms. Some have lost children, you know, me included. We lost a child, too. I know the pain of that. But you know what? You know, we can hug each other. We can all help each other. So today, when you're, when you're going through your day, everybody's full of emotions today, but you don't really know what they're carrying. So give them a hug, okay? Pass that on, and happy Mother's Day. All right. Happy Mother's Day, guys. God bless you all. Hope you enjoyed this today. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email Call or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.